Good morning. Good evening, everybody. Maybe it's uh, morning in my brain uh, right now, but uh, welcome to Secrets of the Sire. We are live on TalkingAlternative.com. We are also streaming on the Secrets of the Sire Facebook page, which is Facebook.com slash Secrets of the Sire. And we're also rocking uh, Periscope as well, which is at Michael underscore Dolce, which is also our Twitter feed and our Twitter handle. So welcome to everyone. And welcome to everyone that has joined in. We've got a bunch of Periscope viewers already, which we love. We love all the Facebook people. Uh, we've gotten a lot of traction on the Facebook videos, too, which is great. We've been reaching over 3,000 people, which means somebody somewhere out there uh, doesn't uh, mind hearing me talk, which uh, my parents would be really, really kind of skeptical of those people and uh, what kind of individuals these people are. But uh, haha, mom and dad, I'm famous. No, they, they actually love me, too. My parents, they're great. Secrets of the Sire is brought to you by the Plan 10 Kickstarter. That's right, the sequel to the Edwood classic begs the question, why raise the dead to destroy humanity when our cell phone culture is doing a fine job on its own? This is a really cool book. Um, I co-wrote it, so, you know, full disclosure, obviously. Um, but it's cool. If you loved Plan 9 from Outer Space, it was an Edwood movie. Uh, it was actually dubbed the worst movie of all time. Um, you know, this is not the worst Kickstarter of all time, but we'll find out. Um, but we did a little um, a little reimagining for the uh, 21st century. Uh, the aliens, in this case, uh, instead of trying to destroy humanity by raising our dead, are just simply tuning in and tapping into our love of cell phone culture. They create this app called Sentient, and it uh, downloads on people's phones, takes control of their brains, and actually causes humans to start destroying each other. Uh, and... At some point, though, they kind of realize, hey, wait a minute, we've got control over this massive Earth army. Uh, what do we do next? So the Kickstarter, you can actually go look it up. It's Plan 10, like the number 10. Um, actually, a T-E-N is, uh, is how it's spelled on the Kickstarter page. We have a Facebook page, Plan 10 from Outer Space. But you can always check us out again on the Facebook feed and the Facebook um, uh page secrets of the sire secrets of the sire.com you can go check out any of my personal pages as well so we got a lot to talk about now this is the this is the fun part as well too we welcome jersey jedi welcome my wife on the periscope as well too we uh, we welcome everyone uh to join in to comment feel free to go ahead and comment uh everywhere you'd like the cool part about being on a wednesday show here is that it seems like the Marvel just keeps coming up with things to, 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 to feed my show, which is good and bad. Now I have Sam, my, my trusty engineer, with me as always. And uh, the, the, so there's a lot of prep work that goes into this show. I mean, I, you know, some people, I mean, we, have a, we have a cool banner for anybody streaming us. You can check us out there. You can also check us out on soundcloud.com slash secrets of the sire. A lot of, lot of prep work. And, and it goes along the course of a week. We've kind of talked about this at some points, too. I mean, a week goes by. In today's day and age now, a week is... is I, I mean, I can't even tell you how many news items pop up on the radar. And it's like, well, what do we want to talk about? What are we going to talk about today? What are we going to talk about today? And I'm usually doing this on a Thursday, like uh, immediately the day after uh, my last show. And last week we had some big news. We have Star Trek Beyond, which is coming out in two weeks. And we had George Takai kind of go publicly and say, you know what? This big thing about making John Cho's character gay, eh, not a big fan of it. Okay, so this is great. We're going to lead with that. But we also kind of knew Ghostbusters were coming out. And I'll tell you right now, I am tuned in to what is trending out there. And Ghostbusters is next to nothing right now. Now, I know it opens Friday, so there's still two days. But there is there was a little bit of buzz on Monday because the reviews were kind of out. They were kind of so-so. Some people were like, this is great. Get over the fact that it's four women and you'll enjoy it. Um, some were saying, get over the fact that it's four women, you sexist. Some were saying, I don't care that it's four women. It's still not great. Uh, not as funny. Um, Kate McKinnon seems to be the breakout actress of the group, uh, which is surprising considering Melissa McCarthy and uh, and and uh, Kristen Wiggert are really the headlining stars. And that's surprising. I mean, there's always a there's always a uh, uh, you know look. There's a first time when Bill Murray stepped out of the shadows and was all of a sudden like, who's that guy and who's that? So maybe this is Kate McKinnon's chance. So hey, we're gonna lead with that. But no, instead we're gonna lead with Brian Michael Bendis. And Marvel Comics doing it again, making the news, making the rounds, but this time actually for a really cool reason, a more comic book e reason. Uh, so I'm not going to give away spoilers. I'm going to I'm not going to say who gets it, but a major character was just killed off today, 
it's a it's you know it's a question of it just came out today sam so i just don't know how much to say do i mention that it's a major character yes um it killed off by another major character so another major character actually had a hand in doing it so that's pretty good i don't want to say exactly who it is and i don't even want to specify how by killing off this major character they actually haven't killed off the major character uh, because it's it essentially is uh, really good. But again, it's been a crazy week for Brian Michael Bendis. So anyway, if you guys are at all worried about spoilers, um, if you guys are if you guys are spoiler centric, cover your ears. This is for the Marvel universe. This is in the comic books, not the movies yet. Um, again, the comic books are the breeding grounds for what's going to happen in the movies. So. This is it. La la la. Cover your ears. I'm giving you literally five seconds. Spoilers in five seconds. Five seconds. Four seconds. Three seconds. I warned you. Two seconds. Seriously, if you're still listening and then you're going to get angry at me for revealing things, this is your own fault. Okay. So you might have read it on the internet, so I'm not going to go crazy. I'm I'm not going to really be telling anything. Brian Michael Bendis, uh, the acclaimed writer, made headlines last week for replacing Iron Man with a 15-year-old black female. And now he literally takes aim at one of Marvel's major heavyweights in Civil War II. I mean, literally, it's one of the heavyweights. The Incredible Hulk is the man-beast we are talking about, the Green Goliath himself. It was reported in Daily News this morning. The Incredible Hulk, but not quite the Incredible Hulk. The alter ego of the Incredible Hulk, which we all know is Dr. Bruce Banner, uh, meets his maker and meets his end in the latest issue of Civil War. Uh, and it's, again, he doesn't kill off the Hulk character because Amadeus Cho, uh, the Korean, the first Korean Hulk ever, has his own series and, and somehow irradiated himself, Gamma irradiated himself, and now, you know, so that's going to continue. But Dr. Bruce Banner, the Bruce Banner we know, yes, Mark Ruffalo, no, yes, no, Mark Ruffalo, yeah, I mean, Mark Ruffalo plays him in the, um, in the movies, and at some point, yeah, Dr. Bruce Banner gets killed by none other than Hawkeye. And it's a mercy killing. Um, Hawkeye, they reveal, has been given instructions by Bruce Banner that if he is ever going to hulk out and destroy everything and everyone, to just off him. Just kill him now. Just kill him now. So, Bendis kind of, you know, revealing about it. Fans may be outraged, and there are probably some Hawkeye writers who I'm very good friends with who will also be offended. Uh, but the point is that everything that happens in this issue is in character when you discover the hows, the whys, and the wheres. And exactly. So, tying it into not just kind of revealing. I don't want to just spoil things. I'm not, not here to just spoil. Um, yep, effing Jeremy, Jeremy Renner. But, um, you know... I'm not just here to spoil things. What really, the whole idea is, this is making news. And again, look, it's a comic book death. We all know death in comics, uh, you know, doesn't really go very far. I mean, you have, basically you had Spider-Man. You had, he was knocked off a couple years ago. Peter, actually a very similar experience. Peter Parker was killed, um, in a sense, because Doc Ock was dying. And Doc Ock swapped minds with Peter Parker, so, so Peter Parker actually died in the body of Dr. Octopus, and Dr. Octopus lived on in Spider-Man, and was a much better Spider-Man, they called him the stu- superior Spider-Man, and it was a great run, it was a cool two years, and they eventually brought Peter Parker back, some of his consciousness was still in the body, and they managed to, you know, have him overtake Doc Ock and kind of kick his consciousness out, now the consciousness lives in, in uh, Spider-Man's robot assistant, who... They don't know that right now, so at some point Doc Ock is going to make a comeback, and they kind of foretold it uh, in some recent issues of Amazing Spider-Man. So, look, death's, death is nothing permanent in comics, so we're not too worried about this. But it's, it's twofold, it's funny. One, it seems like Bendis is writing everything, first of all. As he's writing, he's writing Miles Morales' Ultimate Spider-Man. He's writing the Invincible Iron Man that sees Tony Stark getting replaced. Uh, and he's going to basically be putting himself, yeah, he's going to be putting himself out there and putting him, putting him on the chopping block. But Bendis is a tremendous writer. I read the first two issues. I want to hear your thoughts on it. Uh, welcome at ToughGuy27. We're talking Bendis. We're talking um, the major character death. And again, for anybody joining us, cover your ears if you don't want to hear spoilers, but we already started getting into it. Uh, and I don't want to uh, upset you, but I'm sure you've read the internet. So that's the first. That was the first major topic. Again, the second major topic was Ghostbusters. Now, Ghostbusters, you know, it's featuring an A-list stars. It's Kristen Wiig and Melissa McCarthy. And please, to everyone who's streaming us right now, I want to know: Do you are you going to go see Ghostbusters? Are you not going to go see Ghostbusters? I mean, there was one writer though for the Huffington Post that I, I thought actually summed it up. 
you know, really, really well. And this kind of came out after the trailer, so it, it was it was out there. You know, look, Kristen Wiig and Melissa McCarthy, they actually ad-libbed a scene in the new Ghostbusters to kind of kind of take on the haters. They actually upload video of themselves busting ghosts and you know, kind of, kind of had this little scene being like, and they start reading some comments, and the YouTube comments are like the real YouTube comments, um, or maybe they're not. I don't know, whatever it is, but they kind of riff off it, and it's supposed. It's a, look, it's a fun little shot back, but you know, basically, the director Paul Feig, 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 whatever his name is, he, he's a bridesmaid director, very good, very good director. He basically kind of, you know, said, "You can understand my frustration. I'm trying to make a comedy movie that'll make people happy and have fun, and it's turned into a big political mess because a few people are screaming loudly on the internet." But isn't that always the case? Isn't that what the internet basically is? It's a vocal minority. It's a it, I mean, when your opinion counts just as much as the next person, and you're on this platform that everyone can kind of tune into, and then Facebook actually kind of feeds it too, if you think about it, right? I mean, it's politics right now. They, if you have uh, your your most, what did you expect Disney to do to screw up Marvel Comics? No, I, you know what? Look, we're gonna get back to we're gonna get back to hulking out in a second because I quite frankly I don't think it's ruining comics. I got my Marvel T-shirt on for anybody streaming live, and we appreciate all the uh, Periscope viewers who are jumping on right now to check us out and, and check out our cool banner back there. Oh, banner, banner goodness! No, you know, Ghostbusters had a problem, and it just didn't look very good, and and the, you know. The Huffington Post guy kind of said, you know, there's a reason uh, he, I, I wanted to like it, he said. And this is uh, Roger Weissman on Huffington Post. I wanted to like it. I really did. I was cautious in my pessimism. I didn't want to get lumped in with the myriad of voices that were opposed to it for reasons that were petty and sexist. But is there a reason they had to stick to the same number of Ghostbusters and the same racial demographics? Uh, not to mention the fact that, once again, the black character is the non-scientist who is rough around the edges. I mean, I love Leslie Jones and her aggressive brand of humor, and it pleases me to see her getting into bigger film rules. But am I the only one that finds this a little cheap, if not blatantly racist? Really good point, right? I mean, everyone's kind of screaming about the sexism of it, but at the same time, they really kind of set themselves up for this. The one thing they could have done that would have eliminated most of the sexism talks. I mean, look, actually, no, let's put it this way. The one thing they could have done that would have separated the sexism from the movie just doesn't look very good or I don't really like it is don't make it a reboot. That was the one thing I just couldn't understand with Ghostbusters. And again, for anybody joining us now, we're talking about Ghostbusters. The one thing about Ghostbusters is I couldn't stand, I couldn't, I couldn't figure out why are you rebooting it completely? If you reboot it with four women, you're kind of throwing it in the face of people that love the original movies. I know you're not. I know I can watch that movie. I know I can. I can go. I can go on. Uh, I, I'm sure I have it on Blu-ray. I, I can, you know, Netflix it. I can watch it because it's on Comedy Central. I mean, you can you can go back. Don't get me wrong. I know. I know that original movie's there. But by making it a reboot, you're eliminating that past. And instead of having four female characters, kind of basically taking over and assuming, kind of like the question we had about Iron Man last week, you know, having Iron Man kind of taking over and, uh, and, 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 you know, kind of being appropriated, characters being appropriated, you know, and that's what George Takai was talking about with his, with his uh, stance on the John Cho, sec, you know, character being gay or not being gay. Don't appropriate these characters with diversity. Just naturally let them flow, which, again, getting back to the Hulk and getting back to Civil War II, um, there's nothing about diversity in Civil War II. This is making news for comic book reasons, and that's awesome. Whether or not you agree with it, whether or not you disagree with it, whether or not you kind of laugh at a comic book death. Yes, it's another comic book death. It's another comic book death. It's okay. I would rather read, uh, and we welcome Schmick Jamie. I'd rather read about a comic book death, a comic book story, and it not be tied into some sort of political agenda, social agenda. So... Got to say, you know, hats off to Marvel for, for keeping themselves in the news, but doing it in a way that doesn't force it. I want to know what you guys think, so please let me know. Chime in. I want to know what you think about Ghostbusters. Are you guys going to go see Ghostbusters? Chime in. Are you going to go see Star Trek Beyond? What do you guys think about all that? But first, coming up next, we welcome the president of publishing for Boom Studios, Philip Sablick, who will be joining us next. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network.
Hello, I'm JC. I'm Joan. And, and welcome, welcome to, to 21st Century Entrepreneur. We bring education, insight, knowledge, awareness, trouble, craziness, and fun for you, the entrepreneur who's looking to build your business and your community. Listen every Friday from noon to 1 Eastern on talkradio.nyc. And you can tweet us at 21st CE Radio or Talk Alternative. Are you concerned about epilepsy, autism, or diabetes? Are you interested in alternative treatments, the impact of health, or new therapies? Then tune into my show, Frank About Health. I'm Frank Harrison, the host. Tune in on Thursdays at 1 p.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc, where you learn more about these illnesses, treatments, the social impacts, and create a dialogue with each other. That's Frank About Health, Thursdays, 1 p.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. Talking Alternative Radio, 24 hours a day. Welcome back to Secrets of the Sire. We do this every week, Wednesday night, 8 p.m. Next week, though, is going to be pretty exciting. I'm going to be broadcasting live from San Diego Comic-Con, where I will have a table and a booth. I'll be pitching my Kickstarter to anybody who comes by. You can actually sign up for the Kickstarter, get a free PDF download. The Kickstarter is Plan 10 from Outer Space. So if you are a uh, big fan of Plan 9 from Outer Space, go check out the Kickstarter. You can search Plan 10, the number 10, uh, on Kickstarter. You should be able to find it. Or just search M. Dolce. That's me. I'm Mike Dolce, your host. I do this every week. We talk comics, movies, TV, and uh, we'd like to welcome our guest, Mr. Philip Sablick, to the show. Philip, how you doing? I'm doing great, Mike. Thanks for having me on. Ah, thanks for doing it. We love uh, we love getting all the comic book publishers on. We've been doing a bunch of San Diego Comic Con previews, just trying to hype up the hype up the show. Because as 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 you may know, San Diego has this problem where it doesn't get enough media attention. Uh, no one knows it's coming, and it's it's a very poorly attended show. You 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 beat me to my joke. <laughs> <laughs> so, talk to me about Boom Studios. Um, it, it's it's a it's a brilliant comic book company. You guys do a lot of great stuff. You guys put out a lot of diverse uh, books and titles. But how did it come about? And talk to us about the last five years. Thanks. Uh, yeah, thank you for the kind words. First of all, um, yeah, Boom Studios has been around. Uh, it will be our 11-year anniversary at this Comic Con. Uh, last year, we did our 10-year uh, anniversary celebration victory lap. Um, so uh, we're, you know, first of all, excited to have been in the business this long and, and been successful in the way that um, we have been. Um, as a as a publisher, we uh, publish, like you mentioned, a, a really diverse. Uh, group of titles across four imprints, everything from uh, books that are targeted at kids and young readers all the way up, you know, through teens, middle grade readers, and into adults, um, and all sorts of different genres. Um, Ross Ritchie is the guy who founded the, uh, the company. He founded it back uh, in 2005, and um, he founded it in the spare bedroom of his apartment. Um, <laughs> which is a pretty humble beginnings uh, to where we are now, which is a, a top 10 publisher. I think you know, on, on most given months, we're the number six publisher in the industry and, and are really kind of proud to have grown organically and, and historically. And, um, you know, kind of the, the, the origin story of Boom is that Ross um, had been someone who had worked in his early 20s at Malibu Comics, um, which uh, for longtime fans will will remember them from the early 90s. But he, he worked there in his early 20s um, and had been a lifelong comic fan, but his his education and his background was actually in film. That's what he came out to L.A. to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so when Malibu was uh, bought out by, by Marvel, he went back into film and did that successfully for about a decade until one of his old friends from comics, um, a creator by the name of Keith Giffen, um, well known uh, in the industry. Yeah, yeah, uh, absolutely. Keith's a guy who's you know been prolific and impactful in the industry, particularly um, at Marvel and DC since the 70s. 
and um, Keith uh, encouraged Ross to start his own publishing company that had worked on a project together, and he's like, you're really good at um, kind of wrangling all of this business and marketing stuff and, and, and getting the books out, and um, he, he basically uh, badgered Ross, <laughs> slash convinced him into, into starting Boom, and, and Ross agreed uh, under the condition that Keith would provide him with his first year of content. And so uh, those were the humble beginnings was, was Ross and Keith putting out original books um, like Hero Squared and uh, Jeremiah Harm, um, 10, and a, and a bunch of other cool uh, titles that are still in our catalog. Um, and from there, it just kind of grew. And in um, 2006, uh, Ross um, and, and Boom first uh, started doing licensed books, which are mm-hmm. you know, pre-branded things that, that people know from either film or TV um, being adapted into comics. And they started with Warhammer, uh, which is a, obviously a big game yep. uh, franchise. And from there, it just kind of continued to grow. Good segue, actually. I like. I love it when the guests segue into my next question. You guys recently just signed the WWE um, yeah. to to your to your list of books. Now, I, I, I mean, I have friends who are just like fanatics. Monday nights, you can't find them. They're 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 home. They're locked. They're locked up. They're watching this. So, uh, like, how exciting is it to bring it on? And and what uh, can fans of the WWE kind of expect with the comic book line? Uh, well, we're ridiculously excited. I mean, uh, just like uh, your friends, we have an office here of. of 30-some people, and there is a big contingent of uh, WWE fans um, that kind of span, you know, the, the, the range. We've got fans at the company that, you know, grew up on kind of the, the classic uh, WWE of the 1980s, and, uh, and then fans that really got into it during the Attitude Era, and now, you know, younger editors and assistant editors who um, are, are just completely smitten with the current incarnation. And so um, our thought, you know, when we, when we looked at this was, uh, it, seems like, it seems like such an obvious thing that the WWE and uh, sports entertainment and these superstars should be a natural fit for comics. Mm-hmm. Um, and kind of the, the, the question we asked ourselves was, why, why hasn't this been a bigger thing? You know, why WWE comics have always been around and uh, various companies have published them. But right. It, it, it always felt like they were trying to add something to it. You know, like, we need to make the superstars uh, superheroes or mm-hmm. supernatural creatures or, um, <laughs> you know, something else. They, they, they were, like, mashing on additional uh, genres to it. And we kind of looked at it and we're like, no, the the... Like WWE is is amazing and it's cool enough as as it exists. Why can't we just give the fans what we would want, which is an authentic um, experience uh, through comics of the thing that they love? Um, and so I, I think that's the best way I can tease it is um, there's not going to be a superhero component or a supernatural component. What we want to do is we want to come in and we want to tell stories that enrich uh, the experience that people are having watching the shows and enjoying the pay-per-views and the live events and take advantage of the fact that comics have no time constraints mm-hmm. and no budget constraints yep. and and tell the stories that people have been looking to see but um, maybe haven't been able to be explored in in the actual shows does it does it take place outside the ring though or is it or is it in the ring is it both is it because i, I, I kind of what you just kind of described to me i kind of picture i mean wrestling has these like in in-depth characters they have these in-depth storylines kind of brewing now are you going to kind of spin off of that and kind of take it outside the ring maybe not in a supernatural or superhero uh, as you kind of as you kind of said it but um but kind of just like build on what's already kind of going on with the storylines yeah Exactly. Ah. Exactly. We're working very closely with the WWE to try to um, delve deeper into the, you know, either the storylines that have come before or the storylines that are currently brewing. And I would say that you're going to see uh, storylines and action that takes place both inside the ring and outside the ring. Okay. So you hear you hear that at Daryl Vivas and uh, at Mark Piccarelli, <laughs> you guys uh, you guys will be buying these comics for for certain. Now you guys, I mean, you guys have there's there's two there's two kind of big things going on with you guys too. One is from within the industry, you guys are looked upon as 
uh, not another image. I'm not uh, that. I don't want to. I don't want to like make it sound bad. It's it's actually like a really high praise to be like that's like a that's a company where creators feel they can kind of go and new creators can kind of go. Uh, you know, tell me, talk to me about how that kind of evolved and and what kind of pride you guys take in the fact that. Uh, you know, you're, you guys are you're on the same level in that sense. You know, and Image was founded by obviously we, we we know our comic book history was founded by some of the biggest names possible. And like you said, Boom was founded by, uh, you know, a guy in his in his in his you know spare bedroom. So talk yeah. to me about that. Yeah, well, thank, thanks. So first of all, we you know we definitely take that as a compliment. I mean, uh, Image throughout its history has been uh, an amazing uh, publisher and an amazing. Um, you know, birthplace for for some of the best creativity in in the industry, and um, and I think you know, as someone who worked with one of the Image Studios for six years, I, I have a ton of admiration of what they do. So we absolutely would take that as a compliment. Um, and uh, but yeah, I, I mean, Ross started the company wanting to publish original ideas and ideas that he did not see represented in in the industry and that's something that fuels us as we look around and one of you know the kind of uh, uh, I guess allegories that probably the folks in the office are a little tired of hearing from from myself and from and from Ross and, and Matt Gagnon who's our inner chief is mm-hmm. we look around and we go there you cannot meet a person in America that has not seen a movie or watched a TV show or listened to a song or read a book. But you can absolutely meet people every day on the street that have never read a comic book. Yep. Now, that's a lot better in t- 2016 than it was in 2005 when, when Ross started the company. But part of his his motivation was he wanted to publish the types of books that demonstrated the power of the medium and that you could hand to someone who had never read a comic book before and say, hey, you like uh, crime novels? Great. I've got a comic book for you. Hey, you like, um, you know, uh, fantasy movies? Great. I've got a book for you. Um, and, uh, and, and one of our big beliefs is that, like, Everybody is potentially a comic fan, and you know the, the conventional wisdom used to be, um, you know, girls don't read comics, women don't read mm-hmm. comics. Yeah. And the reality, and kind of the, the the thing that we challenged was, no, you're just not publishing anything they want to read. Mm-hmm. And so, if you put the content out there and you market it the right way and you get out to the audience, you can you can discover whole new audiences. And I think we, you know, we did that with Kaboom publishing kids books. We We've done that with Boombox, publishing books that are aimed at, at middle grade and, and young adult women. And um, it's something we'll continue to do. And, and the originals are a big piece of that because you want to, you know, as people who are creative, we want to put something new into the world. And I think um, one of the things we love is that we get to partner with our creators, which I think is something that we take a lot of pride in is we're going to get in there and we're going to uh, we're going to have a stake in the work that you do and we're going to we're going to push it and we're going to believe in it and um, and we're going to fight for its success as hard as the people that you know have come up with the original idea and are, are writing and drawing it you know it's funny you mentioned too how the the whole objective is we're going to put comics in hands of people who are not normally comic book readers how have you seen digital comic books kind of bring that in now is that is that a substantial part of of your business these days and is it growing i'm 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 assuming yes to both uh but but is it also are you tangibly feeling that you're getting readers that normally wouldn't walk into a comic book store because they might not be able to find one you know let alone but they could you know comics on the phone everyone can get comics on their phone you know are you seeing that now yeah, yes and no. I, what I would say is that um, digital is definitely a growing piece of the business uh, for us, and I can't speak for other publishers, but mm-hmm. for us, by and large, it's... No, no, no speak, it's speak for other publishers. Speak for... Please, <laughs> please. I, I, speak for everybody. <laughs> no, you know, talk to us. This is, look, controversy sells. Let's do this here, buddy. Come on. No, yeah. sorry, go ahead. <laughs> so generally, generally uh, digital digital sales are 5 to 10% of the print sales, and that's not necessarily a bad thing mm-hmm. because... Because um, print sales have been growing for the last five years. Yeah. You know, so that means digital sales are growing as well at a similar pace, but they're not growing faster. And what I would say, in my experience, has been a bigger impact on bringing new fans into uh, the medium rather than the digital comics is social media. Okay. Um, 
Because for the first time, as a publisher, we have a way to directly reach yeah. the audience we're trying to get to, right? So WWE is a great example, or Power Rangers is a great example. Ten years ago, as a publisher, we didn't have any way to directly access fans of Power Rangers or WWE to let them know there was a comic and that they should come into a comic shop to, to get it. Yeah. And 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 right now I can go on Facebook and I can do a targeted ad specifically at those people yeah. to let them know. So I think it's about access and it's about awareness. And what we see is things like Power Rangers bring new customers into stores uh, because re- retailers tell us, you know, yeah. issue one comes out and they go, I just saw a hundred people I've never seen in my store before. That's great. Um, you know, Lumberjanes is a great example of an original thing that brought new people into stores, you know. Um, and, and again, that's um, accessing fans of, you know, potential fans of Lumberjanes on Tumblr and on um, Instagram, people that are fans of the type of book that Lumberjanes is going to be and, and convincing them to come in. That's, uh, you know, if we had more time, I would, I would go into detail. Artist Joe Mulvey and I have come up with an idea for the ultimate comic book store, serving alcohol, serving liquor, and, and just, just, but we don't have the time to go into that. But it's great to see that, that your books are actually bringing in a new audience, and that's, and that's pretty huge. And that, that's another great segue. Oh, I love it. Uh, into um, another way that brings people in is, is, is getting the Hollywood deals, getting the movie deals, um, and, and all that. Now, you have Imagine Agents with Michael Keaton, um, James Badge Dale is gonna, is gonna be starring in, uh, The Empty Man. Do you find that the, you know, getting into that, in getting, getting that mass exposure, does it actually equal more comic book sales or, or more awareness, or is it kind of a, a separate entity onto itself? Um, you know, I think I think it does, and my I'm going to kind of pull from two different pieces of experience. So, Boom is a company we've optioned uh, uh, quite a few things, mm-hmm. um, and for the last two years, we've been a, in a first look deal with 20th Century Fox for both film and TV. And so, you, you mentioned Imagine Agents and The Empty Man. We've also got Lumberjanes and Malignant Man and Irredeemable and. Mm-hmm. Um, curse in development currently, you know, uh, among among a few others. Um, the Empty Man is going to be our second movie that is actually greenlit. It's cast. It will be rolling into production in the next uh, couple months. Um, and before that, the only other movie we've had produced is Two Guns. Mm-hmm. Um, and Two Guns, I think, is an example of, it was a great movie. It definitely helped uh, Boom as a company, it was a, a, a great thing for Stephen Grant, who is the creator of Two Guns. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not it's not necessarily a movie that you immediately look at and you go like, oh, that was a comic book. And, and Universal, who distributed that movie, didn't necessarily promote it as a comic book movie, right? It was, yeah. it, it was a Denzel Washington and Mark Wahlberg movie, yep. which is great. And, and, we, and we were excited to be part of it. So I think in the case of Two Guns, it helps sell a little bit more comic books, but that that's like a, a one-and-done graphic novel and that doesn't necessarily tie in directly to the movie. With something like Empty Man, it's, it's a horror genre piece, um, and we're much more um, actively involved and are going to be able to hopefully uh, push this as something that is connected to the comic book a lot more. Um, and so my experience, having been at Top Cow previously, is a when a movie comes out like Wanted, which is clearly connected to a comic book, uh, that really does help sell a lot more books and helps increase the exposure mm-hmm. and get people to try out the comic. Yeah, so we got about a minute left. Uh, give us what what to uh, what are fans to expect at uh, San Diego Comic Con when they come by the uh, Boom Studios booth? Uh, any giveaways? Any any exclusives? Anything that uh, you'd like people to be aware of? We have a small mountain of exclusives, definitely, <laughs> uh, for uh, for fans of WWE, Power Rangers, Adventure Time, Steven Universe, Over the Garden Wall. We're going to have you hooked up in terms of exclusives. In particular, WWE, we've got these uh, blind-bagged, one-page comics of various superstars um, that we haven't revealed who they are, so you're going to have to come in and find out. Oh, I um, tease. I like it. 
<laughs> yeah, so, th- so that that's pretty cool. Uh, and in fact, uh, the New Day is going to be stopping by on Thursday afternoon ah. uh, f- to take photos and uh, uh, do some giveaways there. Um, we've got Kurt Sutter, who is the creator of Sons of Anarchy, did an original series with us called Lucas Stand. He's going to be doing a signing at San Diego with us. And then we'll have the Power Rangers team, uh, the, the, the comic team over there. I, I hear that maybe some Power Rangers may be stopping by How our about booth that? on um, Friday is our Power Rangers Day, so definitely swing by for that. And uh, we've got, I think, probably 10 panels, <laughs> so plenty of them there. But um, I would encourage anybody who's coming out to Comic-Con to swing by our booth. We'll have postcards that have a complete signing schedule, panel schedule, and um, and you can check out what we've got. But it's it's right next to Marvel. You can't miss us, and uh, we're going to have a great time. Hook me up with John Cena. What are we talking about here? Come on, let's let's talk business now. We'll talk <laughs> offline. Let me, let me get a little John Cena cameo here. Philip, thank you so much for joining us. I really appreciate your time. Um, you're welcome back on the show anytime you'd like. And uh, just for all the history buffs out there, Philip was actually my first diamond rep. Uh, he was the diamond rep uh, that uh, accepted Sire into the catalog. So uh, going, going uh, full circle here 10 years later. Philip, thank Try you me. so much. Uh, I'll be dropping by as well in San Diego to say hi and, um, and give my love to the greatest man on the planet. We all know who that is. It's not John Cena. It's Mel Kylo. We all That's know right. he is the best. He is the best guy out there. Um, the the uh, Kevin Bacon of comics. Yeah. <laughs> wow, what a great segue! We have Kevin Bacon coming on in two weeks. <laughs> I'm actually, I'm not even joking. We really do have Kevin Bacon coming on in two weeks. You're amazing, awesome, Ke- Philip. Thank you so much. All right, man. Great talking with you. See you in, uh, at Comic Con. See you then. Coming Take up care. next, we dive back into the Ghostbusters, George Takai, and the in- Incredible Hulk. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. Hi, this is Rob Kay. And I'm Callie Alpert. Are you looking for a show where people talk about real stuff like life, love, the pursuit of being yourself? Well, then you have come to the right place because The Rob and Callie Show is doing just that. For the last 10 years, Rob and I have been having our own version of Sunday morning therapy sessions on the phone, and now we're bringing it to the radio. So tune in and call in live Wednesdays, 8 to 8.30 on talkradio.myc. And that's Eastern Standard Time, so join us. Talking Alternative Radio, 24 hours a day. Philip Sablick, ladies and gentlemen, he is the master of the segue. He, we are indeed going to be having Kevin Bacon on in two weeks. He's going to be talking about his band, uh, the Bacon Brothers. He's going to be talking about a new Amazon show he's doing. We got that on in two weeks, but let's not get ahead of ourselves because we also, uh, next week, we're going to be broadcasting live from San Diego Comic-Con. Uh, we're going to be broadcasting live from the Zenoscope booth. We've had Zenoscope on before. They're really great people. They actually have a very similar kind of story, backstory to what Boom Studios kind of went through. Um, and and just from an industry perspective, Philip is just very, very well versed he is he has done it um from the creative side he's done it from the editorial side he's done it from the publishing side so uh great great guest and he just he he is segueing perfectly into everything i want to talk about uh but we want to get back to what you guys think what do you guys think about the hulk um actually not even the hulk i guess it's really dr bruce banner um one one point that um you know we kind of talked about is 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 it, you know, Sam asked the question, Sam, our trusty engineer. Uh, we do this every week, by the way, 8 p.m., talkingalternative.com. We talk movies, comics, TV, uh, the like. Uh, you can catch us on SoundCloud, soundcloud.com slash secrets of the sire. You can also check us out on Periscope at Michael underscore Dolce. You can actually just chime right in 
and uh, talk to us and uh, give us your feedback. So I'd love to hear your feedback on uh, on the major Marvel killing. But the question, you know, Sam had is: is it gonna is it gonna impact the movies too? Are we gonna end up having like an incredible, uh, you know, is Mark Ruffalo? Well, I mean, when Mark Ruffalo's contract goes up, you never know. I mean, they might need to do that. Uh, one of the things that Marvel's been doing lately too, and and this is where I become very curious as to how the comic books are going to impact the movies. Probably in the next 10 years, I don't think it's going to be much of a question, but in the next five years or so. Because right now, the incarnations that are up on, on screen are the original incarnations. You know, they are the ones that uh, that people just know and love. They're, they It's Steve Rogers. He's not a Hydra agent. He's Steve Rogers, Captain America. He's up there. Uh, I mean, in a sense, the movies are always trying to catch up or always kind of catching up with the comics. The comics are kind of like... The landing, you know, the comic books are great, right? I mean, you have an audience of maybe 100,000 readers per book. Um, you know, if you're, if you're really good, maybe 400,000. Welcome, uh, Titan, uh, Titanium Koa. Welcome. Welcome aboard. Uh, you know, you have people who are into the, into the book, like, but look, if, if a storyline bombs, it bombs, you move on to the next. If a storyline bombs in the movies, uh, you, you, you're, you're costing millions, sometimes billions of dollars. I mean, Batman v Superman, you know, made $600 million and was a failure, you know? I mean, so in that regard, you know, that's the one thing. But here's, here's what um, Marvel's been doing lately. They are actually, I mean, they, you know, it's not just us assuming that Marvel is, like, forcing diversity in. I mean, they've gone out and said... They have an all-new, all-different initiative where the comic book behemoth uh, has made it a point to introduce more characters of diversity. And that's a good thing. I mean, overall, I mean, you know, look, diversity, I was reading this article on CNBC recently, and, and they were at, talking about the actual impact uh, diversity has now had on Marvel sales. And overall, diversity sells more of everything. They're finding this in movies. They're finding this in TV shows. Look, it makes sense. People can identify with People, I mean, look, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a white guy, you know, I'm a, I'm a white, white male age, t- uh, 18 to 49. I mean, you know, Homer, that's the old Homer Simpson quote. It's like, I appeal to everybody. You know, everyone wants me. Um, but no, I guess not anymore. And that's fine. Well, that's not fine. You should not want me anymore. But no, um, so it, it, look, it makes sense. If, if you can identify with a superhero up there, you're going to watch them. If you can identify with a character, um, and uh, Titanium Koa also says Marvel also did character flaws better. Yes, obviously. Look, we're not. You know, we, we've gotten into this Batman v Superman versus Marvel debate, and and how um, you know, Mar- look, Civil War was way way better than than Batman v Superman for story wise, uh, effects wise, probably probably equal. Um, but yeah, no, and and I agree. Yeah, Marvel always does do character flaws. Look, but you can actually see these people up on on screen. You can you can read in there and they're and they're people you can identify with. But um, you know, I mean, we'll see. We'll see how it impacts the movies down the line. Are we going to see an Asian Hulk now down the line? You know, are we going to see the female Thor? Which I got to be honest, yes, maybe I am sexist. I don't know. It's just something about a, the female Thor. Just <laughs> there's a scene in the new. Um, there's a scene in the new Civil War book where it's like they're battling this interdimensional foe, and they're like, no we're saved, Thor is here, and it's just like the female Thor comes through, I'm like, ah, it's just not the same, it's just not the same, I know, I'm a sexist, it's terrible, uh, but no, it's, um, it's, de- <laughs> it's definitely um, something that is, is going to be very interesting to see, so let me hear your take, um, as always, you can call into the show, this is a live call-in show, 877-480-4120, that's 877-480-4120, this is Secrets of the Sire, we do this every week, every Wednesday, uh, 8pm Eastern, we're talking comics, movies, TV, so when we come back we're going to talk some more Ghostbusters and we're going to really get into the George Takai Star Trek angle which I've been dying to get into since last Thursday. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. Are you into comics, movies, and pop culture at large? What about music and TV? Then you're in for a treat. This is Michael Dolce, your host on TalkingAlternative.com. I've been professionally writing comic books, screenplays, and music articles for almost 15 years. Catch my show, Secrets of the Sire, at its new primetime slot, Wednesdays, 8.30 p.m. Eastern, and get the inside scoop on the pop culture universe you love to talk about. For more info, go to secretsofthesire.com. 
talkingalternative.com. Welcome back, Secrets of the Sire, live radio show, TalkingAlternative.com. We get turned into a podcast every Friday, so you can check us out on iTunes. Subscribe to us on iTunes. Uh, this way you'll, you'll never miss an update. You'll never miss um, any of the guests we have on. We had Philip Sablick from Boom Studios. Uh, Boom actually published the book Two Guns, which was made into a movie. They've got some more movie stuff coming out. Imagine Agents was just optioned. Michael Keaton will be starring and producing in it. Um, and as we kind of mentioned with Philip too, uh, James Badge Dale is to star in another movie. Um, they're doing WWE comics, which I know everyone out there is getting uh, getting really thrilled about the WWE stuff. They're going to have some WWE folks at San Diego Comic-Con, so check it out. Uh, we do this every week, Wednesdays, 8 p.m., Comics, Movies, TV. Uh, we're brought to you by the Plan 10 Kickstarter. Go to kickstarter.com, type in Plan 10, uh, Plan T-E-N, type in my name, M. Dolce, M-D-O-L-C-E. That is me. I'm Mike Dolce. I'm your host. I do this every week. We, uh, the time just flies here, too, by the way. I mean, it's already quarter to nine. We're, we're ready into it. I know Sam, our engineer who runs the station, would be like, well, you should just do another hour, and you know, and that w- that'll be great, but, you know, can only can only do so much. But, yeah, Plan 10 Kickstarter. Um, it's based off the Ed Wood uh, classic 1959 movie that is the bomb of all time. It's like the worst movie of all time. Seinfeld calls it out in one of his famous episodes the Chinese restaurant uh, so I co-wrote it with James Massia check us out on Kickstarter back we got so many great pledges one of the one of the rewards though is you can actually be a guest on the show so that is one of the rewards so if you want to be on live radio you want to be on live Facebook stream and you want to be streamed to over 3,000 people every week on Facebook you want to be streamed to well, however many people get we on Periscope, it's, it varies from day to day. And you want to get streamed to 4,000 um, people across the globe every week. Uh, come on Secrets of the Sire, go to the Plan 10 Kickstarter, and you can actually be a guest. Uh, that's one of the great, great rewards. And we got a lot of other stuff. We got sketches by me, we've got drawings, we got prints, we got books. You can actually read the Sire. You can do a whole lot of stuff. Um, that would be really, really cool. So check us out there. Um, we are streaming live, and one of the things we wanted to get into, again, we talked about it. We had a busy show. Uh, Marvel killed off one of their major characters. We talked about that already. We talked about Ghostbusters getting, getting so-so reviews. Uh, and, and again, it's, this, is a, this is a battle. Ghostbusters is not going to win no matter what. Uh, Sam and I kind of talked offline, and, and you know, the one point I brought up that he really agreed with was the fact that it is a, a reboot kills it because you have this rich history it is a kind of a slap in the face and look at the end of the day if you're gonna if you're gonna sit there and say watch four women over four men which was the original you know thing why are you remaking it why are you remaking one of the most classic comedies of all time like it's it's like one of those it's one of those crazy like notions it's only been 30 years guys and 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 the 80s are still like so prevalent in our in our life today that there's no like like what like why are you remaking it? Just build off. Sam actually had a great point. Build off the history. Make them the daughters of the Ghostbusters. Awesome. You know? And you have the exact same demographics. You could have them be the daughters. You can build off this history. So there's a lot to not like about it right off the bat before even a single like frame or panel is seen. So I'd love to hear your thoughts. You can always chime in at the Secrets of the Sire Facebook page. That's Secrets of the Sire, S-I-R-E. You can go to secretsofthesire.com. You can check us out on Periscope at Michael underscore Dolce. All right, so one of the things that uh, I really want to talk about too, and again, so much to talk about, George Takai, uh, Star Trek alum and openly gay actor George Takai has been well known as a, you know, LGBT activist. Um, He's from the classic sci-fi series. Got a new movie coming out, Star Trek Beyond. It's coming out June twenty second. Um, we'll maybe, well, no, we won't have time to talk about it because it'll be already out and over, and and we'll be on to the next news cycle. I'm gonna interrupt for two seconds. That's something we also talked about offline. There is no major movie hitting this summer. Like this summer feels weird, right? It's already half over. I feel like it hasn't even begun yet. It's been hot, but 
that's about it. I mean, there's no summer song. There's no, you know, I was reading about the 10-year anniversary of Sexy Back from Justin Timberlake. I have been compared to Justin Timberlake. Waiting, waiting for the laughter to subside. No, actually, I, I I was in my younger days. I don't I don't look anything like him now. But in my younger days, I I looked very much like him. Um, but no, and that was like a big summer song, and they were actually kind of commenting in Entertainment Weekly, like, "Geez, what's uh, you know?" There's nothing. There's nothing big. It's just kind of ho hum these days. But so I mean, even a new Star Trek movie, I I barely seen any press about. It. I've seen barely any excitement. I'm very tuned into what's trending. Ghostbusters wasn't really trending at all this week, and it's coming out. I, I mean, I, it, it's almost like. Movies blew their load with Batman v Superman, and they blew their load with Civil War. And but that was, you know, it was three months ago now. And, and in this in this news cycle, forget it. I mean, three months might as well be like eight years ago. You know, it, it, it it's definitely something crazy. But anyway, so in the new Star Trek film, John Cho, who plays Sulu, which was George Takei's character, it's going to be revealed that he's uh, that he's gay and that he's living with a um, a husband, and they have a child together. And that's kind of like the setting. But now, from what I've read, it's very tastefully done. It's not in your face. It's kind of like a background scene. Um, I love I love when he's promoting it, though. He's like, well, I hope in one... Uh, and this is, the, this is the party line. Well, I hope one day we, we, we finally come to a time where it's not, you know, it's not big news. And it's like, but you're talking about it on your promotional tour, you know. And, and meanwhile, news people are asking the question. I mean, it's a chicken and egg thing in a way, right? I mean... But at the same time, if, if they didn't want to make it big news, he could just say, oh, I don't want to talk about it because uh, it's, not, it's not a big deal. You know, you could, you could deflect the question instead of then going off into how this is a great thing. But here's the funny thing about that, right? They actually are, um, it, it was done, Simon Pegg, who stars as Scotty, is, uh, is actually the guy who wrote the film or co-wrote the film uh, with the director. And, um, and he did it as an homage to... Uh, George Takai. He actually did it as an homage. So you'd think George Takai would come back and be like, this is great, this is awesome, wow, I'm so thankful. But behind the scenes, up to le- the months leading up, it was revealed that he did not want them. He actually called it unfortunate, and he actually worked behind the scenes. He urged them not to make the character gay, and he did it because Gene Roddenberry did not create this character as a homosexual. He created the character as a heterosexual, and, and George Takai feels... And it's, it's funny. He says, I really tried to work with these people when at long last the issue of gay equality was going to be addressed. Uh, you know, this movie is going to be coming out on the 50th anniversary of Star Trek, the 50th anniversary paying tribute to Gene Roddenberry, the man whose vision it was carried us through. Honor him and create a new character. I urge them, create a new character. So, you know, in a, in a sense... What I love the fact, I, look, I love that George Takai is very outspoken. I love that he actually came came through and said this because what he's saying, though, is what a lot of people end up getting labeled as a homophobe or getting labeled as a racist or getting labeled as a sexist. You know, for saying it's like, don't take characters that that we know and turn them into something else. Ironically enough, I'm not a huge Star Trek guy, so like maybe that's why. Maybe that's why I'm not like totally offended by the fact that they're, they're making John Cho's character gay. I actually liked it that it was an homage to George Takai. I think most people actually recognize George Takai as the activist more than they'll ever recognize him as the guy who played Sulu on the old Star Trek series and the old Star Trek movies. You know, they'll actually see George Takai as this like larger than life figure. So I actually thought it was a kind of cool move from Simon Pegg. Like I get Simon Pegg's reaction. I, I'm I'm pleasantly surprised with George Takai's reaction. Create a new character. Now Simon Pegg wrote back and he said, "Look, I respectfully dis- disagree." And he also said that if they were to, he used the reasoning that if they were not to make it one of the central characters, then that character would then come across as a token gay character. You know, so if they were to create a new character, would it come across as a token gay character? So I'd love to know your thoughts. Um, at Knox Turner just joined. Um, I'm, I'm going to butcher your usernames. Got a lot of people on the Facebook feed right now. Um, I apologize for the Facebook streaming. I don't seem to get the comments, though, so I'd love to respond back, and we'll figure out that technical issue next week. But you can always call in live, 877-480-4120. Hit me up. Let me know what you think about uh, the uh, the gay Star, Star, you know, Star Trek character, John, Co- John Cho, playing Sulu as a, as a gay man. It, you know, Is George Takai right? Is Simon Pegg right? I, I think overall... The nice part about George Takai kind of coming out and saying, oh, huh, him coming out. Uh, the nice part about him coming out and saying that he had problems with it is it opens up a dialogue where no one can accuse him of being a homophobe. There's, there's no one that can sit there and be like, well, you're not for gay rights. Well, 
Obviously, he is. Well, you, you don't know what it's like. Well, he does. Uh, you know, you, you don't know what it's like to be a closeted. He was. So, you know, there's there's all those usual arguments um, that people tend to kind of lean on when they talk about these kind of things, you know, completely out the window. And that's that's a really then you can actually have a dialogue about this. And I can see both points. Like I said, I actually like the fact that they were making his character gay. I thought it was actually kind of cool in this particular case because the, because of what George Takai has done in real life. But man, George Takai is saying. What we were saying about Iron Man and what we were saying about, you know, a lot of the forced diversity in the Marvel Universe that's been going on these days. It's like, why are you taking characters that we know and love as something else? Create new characters. People have been doing that all the time and saying that. Um, and it's nice to see that someone says it and he has, he has the fallback of not being able to be accused of, 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 of just, you know, bigotry. Obviously, he can't be in this particular case. So we had a great show. I want to well, I want to thank Philip Sablick again from Boom Studios. Next week is going to be outstanding. I want to talk about San Diego Comic Con. Come check me out. I'll be in Artist Alley. Um, I'll be posting my table number and all that fun stuff. I'll be doing live sketches. I'll be selling prints. I actually was like a madman. I just drew eight new prints um, for sale, um, and definitely a lot of really great uh, stuff to. Um, to check out in San Diego. Check out Boom Studios in San Diego. We're going to be broadcasting live from the Zenoscope booth. We're going to be doing a lot of really cool things. We're going to be talking about the Plan 10 Kickstarter. Um, we're just going to have a lot of fun. I'm going to try to stream from out there. I'm going to try my best. We'll see how that works. Um, I know uh, that's going to be an, ish an iffy Wi-Fi issue when all is said and done for streaming out there, but it would be great if I can get you guys live shots from, from out there. I will do so. I'll definitely be posting a lot to Instagram, and all that stuff. So this has been Secrets of the Sire. We do this every Wednesday, 8 p.m. Eastern, TalkingAlternative.com. Next week, we're going to be in San Diego, and the week after, we got Kevin Bacon. Thanks for, uh, thanks for joining us. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. Are you concerned about epilepsy, autism, or diabetes? Are you interested in alternative treatments, the impact of health, or new therapies? Then tune into my show, Frank About Health. I'm Frank Harrison, the host. Tune in on Thursdays at 1 p.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc, where you learn more about these illnesses, treatments, the social impacts, and create a dialogue with each other. That's Frank About Health, Thursdays, 1 p.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. Are you into comics, movies, and pop culture at large? What about music and TV? Then you're in for a treat. This is Michael Dolce, your host on TalkingAlternative.com. I've been professionally writing comic books, screenplays, and music articles for almost 15 years. Catch my show, Secrets of the Sire, at its new primetime slot, Wednesdays, 8.30 p.m. Eastern, and get the inside scoop on the pop culture universe you love to talk about. For more info, go to SecretsOfTheSire.com. Hey, all you crazy listeners. Looking to boost your business? Why not advertise on Talking Alternative with very reasonable rates? Interested? Simply email at info at talkingalternative.com. Hello, I'm JC. I'm Joan. And, and welcome, welcome to 21st Century Entrepreneur. We bring education, insight, knowledge, awareness, trouble, craziness, and fun. For you, the entrepreneur who's looking to build your business. And your community. Listen every Friday from noon to 1 Eastern on talkradio.nyc. And you can tweet us at 21stCE Radio or Talk Alternative. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network at www.talkingalternative.com. Now, broadcasting 24 hours a day. Talking Alternative. Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your Conscious Consultant, and on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc.
You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network.